the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. I've often found in my personal life that when fear and worry creep in, it's really a lordship issue. It's a lordship issue. I I, I don't need more Bible verses. I I already understand it's not good to worry. I already understand be not anxious for anything. I understand fear not. You know, I, I get the verses. We don't lack for more information, friends. Most of the people who know Christ as their Savior don't lack for more information. They lack for a surrender to his lordship. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Psalms. Fear and worry are things that can easily creep into our lives. Pastor Gary teaches us today that when this happens, it's often happening because we have failed to surrender to Christ's lordship. When we are actively pursuing Christ and the things which he has set as his will for us, we have no reason to be concerned. If you find doubt or fear in your life, turn to God and ask for his will to be done through you. Listen for his voice and prioritize him above all things. When you do this, you will find yourself as an instrument of God, needing only to trust in him. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in Psalms chapter 16 for today's message titled, The Path of Life. going to be in the book of Psalms, so let's take our Bibles and go to Psalm uh, chapter 16. Psalm chapter 16. Uh, We do have Bibles for you. If you need one, feel free to raise a hand. If you'd like to receive a Bible from one of our ushers, uh, they will hand you a Bible. Uh, You can also always, when you come into the church, find Bibles at the midway section of the sanctuary and pick up a Bible for yourself. It's page 405 in the church Bibles if you need one. Raise your hand, and then Psalm 16 is where we are today, and that's page 405 in those church Bibles. Let me just uh, give you a little brief uh, background as uh, we begin to look at chapter 16 here of Psalms. You'll notice in your Bibles, or you have your electronic Bibles as well. I'm kind of old school. I like the pages. I like to be able to feel pages and underline and write notes and whatever. But um, you'll notice in your Bible, whatever version you have, paper or electronic, that Psalm 16 has a little subtitle. It simply says, A Miktam of David. A Miktam of David. And um, Psalm 16 is the first of 
six psalms that have that subtitle. And every time that subtitle is used, the word miktam is used through the book of Psalms, and is the only place in the whole Bible where miktam is found, it is always in that phrase, a miktam of David. A miktam of David. Now, uh, the Hebrew definition for miktam, there's a lot of of differences and opinions about what miktam actually means, but most believe that it's a derivative from a Hebrew word that means engraving, engraving or inscription. So it is a word that simply means this is written down, and thus it really speaks to the fact that this is a poem of David. So when we speak about a miktam, it's a poem of David. All the psalms were put to music, so this also was a song that was sung, but this was a poem that David wrote. The ancient rabbis also see a miktam as something that they call golden. So the miktams in the ancient rabbinical language are the golden psalms. And so here we have a miktam of David, a poem that he wrote to God that was later, of course, put to music and sung as a song. And uh, here's what it says. I'm going to read all of chapter 16. It's only 11 verses. This is what it says. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. As for the saints who are in the land, they are the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. I will not pour out their libations of blood or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the grave. Nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. When David wrote Psalm 16, he is clearly in some kind of trouble or difficulty. He's in a bad place and he needs intervention from God. Uh, It is believed that David wrote Psalm 16 early in his life before he became king It is believed that he wrote this psalm when he was on the run from King Saul, who was jealous over David and who on many occasions tried to kill David. When you look at the other miktams of David through the psalms, uh, almost all of them reflect some kind of trial or difficulty. It either says a miktam when David was uh, fighting with the Philistines, or it says a miktam when David was fleeing from Saul. There was some kind of difficulty that David was facing when he wrote these miktams. And so we see that his life is in danger, and therefore the psalm opens by saying in verse 1, Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. Okay, that's the cry of his heart. That shows us that he's in trouble of some kind. Lord, keep me safe, for in you I take refuge. Now, underline or circle or highlight the word refuge. The word refuge is used 44 times in the book of Psalms. 44 times just in the book of Psalms. And if you have a King James Bible, it often translates the word instead of refuge, it'll say trust. That the Lord is my trust. 
It is the Hebrew word hasa, and hasa means to flee for protection or to find hope. And what David is saying here is that because he's in trouble, he's facing some kind of difficulty, that he is fleeing to God for his protection and that he is running to God for his hope. And if you've ever been in a situation where you have felt like you have nowhere else to turn but up, then you understand a little bit about what David is talking about here. If you've ever been in a personal situation where you have been worried about something or anxious about something or troubled about something or overwhelmed about something, and you realize you have nowhere else to turn but God, then you understand about God being your refuge. Okay? You might have a wonderful spouse, you might have terrific friends, but there will come times in your life when you will not be able to find help or comfort or counsel from anyone else but God. That's when God is your refuge. And all through the Bible, especially in the book of Psalms, David writes about how the Lord is my refuge. In Psalm 9 verse 9, he says, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. In Psalm 34, verse 8, he says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in the Lord. In Psalm 46, verse 1, he says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. In Psalm 91, verse 2, the Bible says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. And so David is in a bad place, and he turns to the Lord, and he says, Save me, Lord, for in you I take refuge. So that by the end of the psalm, though at the beginning he's in trouble and he feels like he needs help, by the end of the psalm, look at verse 11, look how it ends again. By verse 11, he says, You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Okay, what started out as a plea for help ends up a decree of hope. What starts out with concern ends up with confidence. What starts out in the temporal ends up with a perspective of the eternal. What do I mean? Look again here at verse 1 where, where David, his cry is basically, help me God and help me now. That's basically what he's saying. Oh Lord, keep me safe. I need your help now. There's a situation I'm going through now. I'm in distress now. I need your help now. Okay, that's the temporal. It's the circumstances right now that he is facing. And he cries out to God for help with the now, with the temporal. But then by the time you get to the end of the psalm, his whole disposition changes. He ends up there in verse 11 talking about, you will fill me with joy in your presence. He talks about the day that he's going to see the Lord. He then adds, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So he goes from at the beginning saying, oh God, help me, to the end where he says, I have confidence in the Lord, and one day I'm going to see your face, and I'm going to have eternal pleasures at your right hand. So the question then is, how does he go from being this person where he feels like, I I need help at the beginning... To this person at the end who has such great hope, a person at the beginning who who lacks any kind of confidence, and he's all concerned about what's going on in his life, to this guy at the end of the psalm who is strong in the Lord and who says, my body rests 
secure? I think that the answer to that question is, how does he go from the one to the other is because God has revealed to him. This is the way he begins verse 11. God has shown me, he says, the path of life. The path of life. And I think Psalm 16 is an outline of the path of life. And that what David gives us here is this outline so that we might have a peace about life now and a hope about eternal life to come. This is what Psalm 16 is all about. It's an outline of the path of life that, if followed, will give us a peace about life now and a hope about eternal life to come. How many of you could use a little more peace in your life now? Let me just see your hands. All right? And how many of you are thankful for the blessed hope of eternal life that is to come? Amen? Okay, so I got the right crowd. Good. <laughs> because, because this is what Psalm 16 is all about. We could all use a little bit more peace now, and we all need to have the hope of eternal life to come. So, David gives us here, here's the path of life. God, you've shown me the path of life. This is how I go from crying for help to having hope. This is how I go from being concerned to being confident. He gives us this outline here. Here's what David did. He exemplifies it for us. This is a great lesson for us. How can we have a little bit more peace for life now and a little more hope for life to come? So this is the first thing that he shows us here. The first thing for you note takers about the path of life that he models for us in Psalm 16 is number one, that he acknowledges that God is his Lord. Look at verse two, first part of verse two. He says, I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Now, remember from our study a couple weeks ago that whenever you see the word Lord in all caps, it is the proper name of God. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, it is the proper name of God. And whenever you see the word Lord with a capital L, lowercase o-r-d, it is the title of God. So all caps is his proper name, Yahweh. We talked about this, where God revealed himself to Moses in the burning bush. Yahweh, meaning the self-existent one, the one who was and is and always shall be. And then the word Lord with just a capital L, lowercase o-r-d, is the Hebrew word Adonai, which means master, Lord, sovereign ruler. Okay, so David starts this psalm by saying, help me, Lord. Okay, that's why he starts. Lord, save me. I take refuge in you. You are the Lord. You are my Lord. You are Yahweh. You are my Adonai. In other words, you are the true and living God, and you are my Lord, my master, and my sovereign ruler. Everything about my life, Lord, is under your control. I surrender and submit to your lordship. And he acknowledges lordship. Don't read your Bibles and skip over little words. All right? It's easy to read this and say, you are the Lord, my Lord. Okay, great. Move on. No. He's saying here, you are the Lord, my Lord. He makes this personal. The reason that he can experience the hope and the peace that God offers him is because he has made God his Lord. All right? We can't lay claim to the peace of God unless we also first make him our Lord. Too many times in life, people want God to rescue them, but they don't want God to rule them. It's true. 
Too many times in life, people want God to rescue them, but they don't want God to rule them. And if he rules you, he's really your Lord. And if you don't submit to his rule, you've not made him your Lord. Sometimes we just want to approach God as a fix it all. Like, God, you know, fix my mess. Fix my mess. But I really don't want you to be Lord of my life. Doesn't work that way. David says, the reason I have the peace of God and the hope of God, the reason he moves from feeling helpless to hopeful is because first things first, he says, God is my Lord. Yahweh is my Adonai. The true and living God is my master, my sovereign ruler, and my Lord. See, when you're in a bad spot, and David is in a bad spot here, I've often found in my personal life that when fear and worry creep in, it's really a lordship issue. It's a lordship issue. I I, I don't need more Bible verses. I I already understand it's not good to worry. I already understand be not anxious for anything. I understand fear not. You know, I, I get the verses. We don't lack for more information, friends. Most of the people who know Christ as their Savior don't lack for more information. They lack for a surrender to his lordship. And see, when I've tried, personally speaking, when I've tried to manage things on my own, when I've tried to figure things out all by myself, or when something's out of my control and I begin to imagine the worst, then that's when fear and worry set in. But when I quiet myself and still my soul before the Lord, And I get on my face before God and I seek his face and I acknowledge that he's my Lord and my master and my sovereign ruler. Then here's what happens. Then his peace begins to spill over into my heart. And when you begin to surrender every thought, every fear, every distress, and you begin to acknowledge And you begin to confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. He's my master. He's my ruler. He's my sovereign everything. Then the wonderful thing what happens is that God then begins to move in your heart. And his peace begins to pass all understanding to guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See, it it is the rest of Psalm 46. When David writes Psalm 46 in verses 1 and 2, he says, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the mountains give way and fall into the depths of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake, there is a river who makes glad the streams of the city of God. And it is in those moments when we begin to draw near to him and say, okay, Lord, here's what I'm going through. Here's here's my distress. Oh, Lord, you are my refuge. You're my strength. I will not fear though the mountains give way and they fall into the depths of the sea, though the oceans roar and foam. Oh, God, there is a river that makes glad the streams of God and the city of God for me. And the stream of gladness begins to just overflow into our hearts because That is the overflow of the relationship that comes through acknowledging he is Lord. Jesus died for our sins. He is Savior. But please do not think that he is Savior only in terms of a ticket to heaven. If he is your Savior, he must also be your Lord. 
You must surrender to him. David understands surrender here. He says, Yahweh, you are my Adonai. God, you are my master. You are my ruler. You are my Lord. You know, lordship is the Christmas story too, folks. When the angels appeared to the shepherds as they were tending their sheep in Bethlehem, the angels said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you great news. That shall be for all the world. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ, Messiah, the what? The Lord. He is to be Lord. He is Savior and Lord. He is Christ, the Messiah, and He is Savior and Lord. The path of life begins with acknowledging that God is Lord. The rest of verse 2, David says, apart from you, I have no good thing. He acknowledges that everything good is from God, and without God, he would have no good thing. David counts his blessings. Do you stop to count your blessings? Do you take inventory of your life and give thanks to God for his goodness? Because let me tell you what happens. If we just only focus on all the things that trouble us, we will lose sight of the goodness of God. Do not lose sight of the goodness of God in the midst of your difficulties. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Right? And this is what he wants us to see of him. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. David would say in Psalm 33, sorry, Psalm 13, verse 6, I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. David adds here in Psalm 16, verse 4, he says that life has more sorrow for those who do not make God their Lord. He says in verse 4, the sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. David says, I will not pour out their libations of blood or take up their names on my lips. That whole thing about libations of blood refers to the way that ancient pagan people used to sacrifice to their false gods. It would often include this bloodletting ceremony or the sacrifice of blood. And David says, I haven't joined in their libations of blood. Neither I don't even utter the names of these false gods on my lips. Because there's only one true God. And those who pursue other false gods just increase sorrows in their life. So David says all this about the lordship of God. He acknowledges that God is his Lord. This is what we need to do. And then secondly, the pathway of life, he says, here he shows us by example, is that he accepts the lot God has assigned him in verses 5 and 6. Look look in verses 5 and 6 again. He says, Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Now, when I say, to summarize those verses, that David accepts his lot in life, I don't mean that in a negative sense. All right, we know know people who go around going, oh, just my lot in life. You know, and they sound like Eeyore, remember, you know, and... (laughs) And, and, and Winnie the Pooh, they're just like, well, I'm supposed to be miserable, and, you know, that's just the way life is. I'm, I'm doomed. You know, it's just all this, oh, how pitiful, you know. And so and you don't want to be around the Eeyores of life, but I'm not saying it because I'm, I'm interpreting this in a negative sense. I'm saying it because David writes of it in a very positive sense, where he, he uses these terms, my portion. He says, the, the Lord has assigned me my portion and my cup. He says, my lot is secure. 
And then, he, and then he adds in verse 6, he says, The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. This is all language to describe the wonderful provision of God in his life. Each psalm we read is intended to point us to one thing, the sovereignty of our Creator. Through pain, tears, joy, and praise, we meet a new characteristic of God with each new chapter. Though we don't know the melodies that accompany this collection of old, we benefit from the deeply passionate and poetic words. We hope your soul has been touched by the teaching you heard today on Cornerstone Connection. Pastor Gary Hamrick will return soon with more from this Old Testament book. But in the meantime, you'll be able to find additional messages at cornerstoneconnection.cc. We'd like to encourage you to download our mobile app while you're there so you can stay connected to God's Word wherever you happen to be. Each day can be made brighter by the love and power of our Lord. And it's so convenient to have it right at your fingertips. If you live in or are visiting the Leesburg area, We'd love for you to come be a part of our weekly worship services on Sundays. Cornerstone Chapel meets at 8.30, 10, and 11.45 a.m. each week. Or try our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. For directions and more information, visit cornerstoneconnection.cc. That's all for today, but be sure to join us next time for another in-depth look at the Psalms right here on Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know You're not Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.